for joining Time Out with PSOA, where sports officials share their stories to help recruit, train, educate not only sports officials, but players, coaches, administrators, and fans. Through this information, we're going to help make us all better for the game. Thank you for taking time out with PSOA. Today, we're going to change our version of PSOA podcast to a video version of Say Yes to Officiating. So you're going to be able to see my beautiful face on this episode and follow along on this PowerPoint so we get a little bit more visual um, when it comes to what our story is and why our listeners should say yes to officiating. What we're going to get going over today is how to get started. So Number one, if you're interested in officiating, why should we choose officiating? The steps to get started, where to get a uniform, what's all required, and then how do we get to the point of working our first game? So the question is, why do games need officials? You know, in previous podcasts, we've heard our guests say, without officials, it's just a glorified scrimmage. So why are we needed? Number one, officials keep games safe and fair. Uh, very similar to society. You know, I, I was a history teacher back in the day, and believe it or not, when societies were created, there were no law enforcement officials. There were no judges. And as societies began to grow and compete, they needed law enforcement. Same thing with officials. You know, when games first started, the first baseball game did not have an umpire. Then the team started competing and they were playing the game to win versus not lose. All right, now we needed an umpire to keep that baseball game safe and fair. Well, the home team supplied the umpire. So now you know where that sort of went down. Now, today, umpires are not selected by the home team, whether it's a local association or umpires have to join a league to be assigned is completely separated from team decision. Again, as society develops, as a sport and league develops, we officials are there to keep the game safe and fair, not only on the field and court, but perceptually as well. The second reason why we are there, and I can't stress this enough, and I'm going to say this about four times on this podcast, officials are there to communicate what players did. Is their judgment? Yes. But our judgment is an explanation of the behavior that players, sometimes coaches, do. So that's why we need officials. If you believe in keeping the game safe and fair, and you're a good communicator of what others did, say yes to officiating. And the last reason why, we, why games need officials, manage players and coaches so they focus on what they are supposed to do. You know, fans are supposed to cheer. Players are supposed to play. Coaches are supposed to coach. And when, the, when each group gets a little bit out of their 
responsibility zone, shall I say, we have to manage those players of, hey, play the sport, be a good teammate, pick each other up, have them focus on playing. If a coach starts worrying about things out of their control, you get to communicate to those coaches, hey, coach, your players need you to continue coaching them. Focus your energy on coaching your players. Um, so we are managers uh, of people as well to keep that progress and game moving um, as smoothly as possible. This is probably my favorite slide when I go out and, and talk to uh, high school students to drop those seeds of why become an official. And officiating is very, very correlated with success in life. Um, our guest speaker, Jake Dilsaver of, you know, the peace officer and styles of officiating uh, spoke on this a little bit. If you're a successful person, you could be a successful sports official. And learning how to be a successful sports official is going to help you become even a more successful person. So here are the qualities. Number one, rules knowledge. Whatever sport you say yes to, you have to get that rule book. You have to read that rule book. You have to um, get educated on the intent of the rules, whether that's through a mentorship program or uh, an online management system that actually teaches you what the rules are. But I always compare it to uh, being a doctor. If you have a surgery, you want that doctor to know the rules of that surgery. Now, sports officiating isn't life and death, but people show up to that sporting event seeing that official in uniform and trusting, just like I would trust a doctor doing surgery on my body, that that sports official knows the rules of that sport. The second one is mechanics and positioning. There's mechanics manuals out there, and the is reasons for everything officials do. When I miss a call, I never question my judgment on the call. I look at my mechanics, I look at my positioning, I look at my eye movement of why did I miss that call? Where could I have been standing differently to see that play differently? You know, I talk about the review in football. Touchdown, goal line play. There's 10 angles in the national championship on every single goal line. We officials, we get one angle. But we get to choose which angle we need to see a certain play. So being a quality official, learning those positioning, learning those mechanics to put us in the optimum position to see a play. Another quality of an official slash person is hustle. You know, we had James Drescher talking about, you know, going out and getting those contracts so you can work. It's a, it's a side hustle to get on the field and court. And when you are there, the movement on that field and court. Another thing I'll tell officials all the time, and this is me saying this as a coach, I would rather have an official moving and hustling to get a look on a play. And if they get 
three calls wrong, hustling and moving, moving, I'm going to say, at least they're trying. Versus a sports official who doesn't move in baseball, softball stays behind home plate in basketball doesn't get beyond half court. Most of the time they could get every call, right? I am still going to prefer the one that is trying and hustling and moving to the best of their ability over the one that is lazy and getting every call right. Because trying your best is a very successful quality to have as a person and as an official. Next one is decisiveness and believable. These are our signals and voice. There are times where officials, they'll get a call right, but nobody knows what they called. They, they didn't signal whose ball it is in basketball. They didn't signal what was the illegal move in wrestling. Um, they awarded a point in volleyball, but they didn't give the reason why that team was awarded that point. Um, it, it's that believable, believableness and decisiveness that is going to make that official trusted, um, not only for that call, for then the future calls. Poise and calm. You know, we hear all the time, officials need to have thick skin, don't have rabbit ears. Um, and that is true, but it does not mean we take abuse. What the poison calmness, the quality of a, an official will teach you is when people are being unsporting, we're going to have to deal with that unsporting behavior in a poise, calm manner. Not saying we have to ignore it and take a lot of it. When somebody crosses a line, you say, coach, this is your warning. If you continue acting this way, you're at risk of ejecting yourself. So that's a line we use in baseball and softball. In basketball, given a technical foul, it's just a simple technical foul. You don't want to do that mean, aggressive, I'm upset at you technical foul. That's not the poison calm. It's enforcing unsporting behavior in a poise, calm way, which usually de-escalates a situation where if we're in a contagious situation and we are yelling back at a coach or yelling back at a player, that's not poison calm. We're actually adding fuel to the fire. So when you are in the heat of the moment and people are treating officials unsportingly, you have to be poison calm and handle it in a very professional manner. Consistency. Many Many people think consistency is, hey, what I called in the first quarter or in the first inning or in the first round, I have to continue calling exactly the same way in the fourth quarter, in the seventh inning, in the overtime of that match. That's not true at all. You have to officiate every single action play as an individual play. What consistency is, is what are you consistently giving the players, the coaches, the fans, the administrators? I like to use consistency use of verbiage 
So when I have a travel call, I'm going to consistently explain pivot foot was lifted prior to the start of the dribble. Pivot foot was lifted and landed prior to the release of the shot. So I'm very consistent in my explanation of an infraction. Um, I'm very consistent in, in the positive communication between official and coach, official and player. It's the behavior consistency. Um, so when I leave the gym one day, the next year I go back to that gym, I have to be consistent so those coaches know how to interact with myself. Courage. Again, this comes with experience. And there's going to be tough calls to make at the end of a game. But you have to have the courage and mindset that call at the end of the game is just as easy and as important as the first call of the game. Um, the, the story I like to use is a basketball story. Five seconds left. Make sure the players decide the game, Sean. Yeah, I will. If the offense makes a shot, the offense wins. If the de defense fouls the offense, I have to communicate that the defense fouled the offense. It is the defense that decided that game. Again, you have the courage to communicate what the players did in a very important part of the game. Rapport. You know, as you officiate, you never want to burn a bridge. You never want to treat somebody unfairly, unjustly, rudely. You have to build rapport. I always say, treat others how you want to be treated. You will be treated unsportingly from time to time. There are times where I mistreated my parents, but I love my parents unconditionally because they've always had that rapport with me. Um, so you have to build that rapport. I always put social media in this category as well. You know, this is sort of off sports officiating, but, you know, as you go for a professional job, there are uh, departments, public relations departments, that is what they look at. They look at all your social media from the past 20 years. Officials assigned to big games, fans are going to, Take a look at your social media. Coaches are going to take a look at your social media. So that rapport that we put out there is going to be reflected during the game as well. So build a positive rapport. Put positive stuff on social media. Smile. Thank you. You're welcome. Goes a long way. Rapport is very important for quality of an official. Reaction time. You know, we, in baseball, we always talk about it is nothing until we call it something. In football, we always say a late flag is going to be way better than an early flag that we want to pick up. Because if we have a late flag and a coach says, man, that flag was late. If that's the only thing that they have for us, that's perfect reaction time. Um, in In wrestling, we're talking about, you know, when do you award control if it's a really scramble? Because once you award those points, you can't take it away. Um, it's nothing until you actually react to what those players ultimately 
did. So timing, timing, timing. Objectivity. Coaches don't like to hear it, but we do not care who wins. Um, that's just a quality you have to have as an official going in. You might even know somebody related to the team. Once that ball goes up, once that ball's put in play, once that whistle is sounded, you got to be objective. Who cares of any relationship you have? You are only out there communicating what the players have done. Conditioning. Um, as we're doing this podcast, the NCAA basketball tournament is going on. And one of the consistent things I see is how well conditioned those officials are. Very, very important in first impressions. You know, do you look the part? Dress for the job you want, not the one you have. When you go into a job interview, part of your condition is how well are you groomed? How well are you wearing your clothes? Same thing as officials. When we go to a game site, conditioning is not only what we physically look like, but it's also how we look and what we're wearing. So you don't have to be the chiseled sports official everywhere you go. Just get a uniform that makes you look conditioned. And then, you know, do that 30 to 60 minutes of cardiovascular workout two to three times a week when you're not officiating. Conditioning is very important um, because when you get tired, that's when you make mistakes. If you're in good condition and you're not getting tired, that's going to limit mistakes at the end of the game. And the last quality of being a successful sports official is judgment. This is a high level part of sports officiating is knowing the rules and knowing when to apply the rules. It's like we were talking in the styles of officiating podcast of we have to judge, does this game need an enforcement of a penalty, of a foul, of an infraction, or will the game just go as smooth and continue to be smooth if we don't interject ourselves into the game? It, there is judgment. But it's not as important as people think. And the, another example is you take a look at all the professional sports, all of them have replay. So if it's really, really important to change a call, we have video replay to get the call right. The true judgment that we're talking here is, is it a foul? Is it a violation? Do we have to enforce the foul or violation? Does it fit the game? Uh, so very important quality as a sports official. So these are the 12 qualities a very successful sports official will have. Will every single sports official have all 12 of these qualities every single game? No, I, I, I wish I had all 12 qualities every single game. However, especially as a new official, pick one quality a season. Which one are you going to work on for one season? For 12 seasons, now you developed, boom, 12 qualities of a successful official. And there's sometimes you could work on a couple of the qualities at the same time. But take a look at these qualities and apply them to your life. 
to be a successful official, to be a su successful person, these 12 qualities are gonna help you get to that successful portion um, and that goal that you're trying to reach. So official's job description. So you're like, yes, I want to be an official. I am saying yes to become an official. What am I expected to do? You're expected to keep the playing field fair for the athletes, prevent injuries, as on our previous podcast with Bill Kleber, um, how we work with athletic trainers and or coaches and administrators to make sure the playing surface is safe, the playing area is safe. And if there are uh, circumstances that come up with weather or injury, what do we do to prevent further injury as well? One people forget about is aid and player coach development. So what do we mean by that? Again, that's that consistency of explaining what a rule is. The communication of why I called a foul or an infraction. Because if we teach and we're consistent as sports officials of what are the rules, the players and coaches will adapt and adjust with, to play within the rules. And it actually gets them prepared for the next level. Um, I, I really believe an organization who chooses to get the best sports officials. They become the best organization because they're playing within the rules that's expected for the next level. You know, there's a reason why officials at the highest level of sport get paid the most. There's a reason why associations and teams have officials come to practice and officiate their practices. So those players and coaches learn what is the expected behavior when they're playing out there on the field and court when it does matter the most. Um, so officials are there to aid through the education of the rules for players and coaches. Next one is promote sportsmanship. We are the role models. We are the expected people to show how others should behave. So if people are treating us unsporting does not give us the right to be unsporting back. We have to always choose that higher road and role model the behavior to do when it comes to showing sportsmanship. And then protect the game by enforcing the rules when needed. Um, people will try to circumvent the rules and we have to protect the game so the game stays as pure as it possibly can be. So you're saying yes to officiating, five simple job descriptions. Official comparison, so what to expect. Um, number one, officials and athletes. I consider myself as a sports official, an athlete. Both have a uniform. We both practice. Officials practice rules. We practice mechanics. And us watching film, it is additional mental reps of how I could continue to make the right calls and how you could get better of learning from incorrect calls. Players do the same exact thing. You know, what was my footwork on that shot? How did I come off the ball on the snap? We officials and athletes practice mental and physically to get better for that next game. And we're both needed for games because without officials, just a scrimmage, without players, there's no game. 
We also compare it to law enforcement. Officials, law enforcement, we are there to serve the players, the coaches, the administrators, the fans, and to protect, especially the players. Law enforcement, they're serving the community and protecting the community when needed. We both communicate behavior. Again, there's very, very little judgment of advantage, disadvantage, but we have to communicate when behavior does happen. Um, it's nothing personal, and we have to understand that as officials when information is given back to us, we can't take it personally. As long as we are communicating behavior, we're doing our job. And then the last is enforce if needed. Um, we're not gonna get pulled over every single time we go one mile an hour over the speed limit. Just same as officials should not call every single small infraction out there, All right? If the game is needed for us to enforce a foul, a penalty infraction, all right, let's do it. All right, so a lot of comparisons um, with officials and athletes and officials in law enforcement. And typically we have been an athlete. So take that mindset when you're officiating and it'll help you um, fit into that game. Now, why officiate? Number one, almost consistent message over and over and over in this podcast. If you love a game, find a way to keep playing it as long as you can. Coach it if you're into coaching. And if you have the passion, officiate for the love of the game. Officiate because you have the passion for that game. Second one is fitness. I, I, I love it. I go out and work six days a week, 30 to two hours at a time, and they pay me for it. As a former physical education teacher, we always told our, our youth, hey, make sure you exercise three to five times a week, 30 minutes to 60 minutes in length. Go officiate, and they pay you to be fit, fitness and physically fit. Pretty cool deal. Association with young people. Um, the more years I officiate, the older I get, the kids stay exactly the same age. And I swear to goodness, they get bigger, faster, and stronger. Uh, but being around young people helps me stay young, stay relevant, understanding what's going on in today's world. Friendship. I, I can't express this enough. Um, if you aren't a sports official, when you become a sports official, the friendships that you make is so binding, it's so hard to explain until you are an official. Uh, the best story I have is I had a friend from South Dakota, daughter's in Omaha, car breaks down, get a call. Hey, what are you doing, Sean? Uh, just sitting at home. Hey, my daughter's car just broke down on Interstate 80. Can you go pick her up? Absolutely. That happens all the time in officiating. The more you network, we are just connected somehow, some way, and you need help, you call a friend, and we say yes. We, we, we say yes to officiating, we say yes to the friendship. Money, beginning rate right now for sports officials, and this is at the recreational youth level, $25 to $30 an hour. Going all the way up to professional sports, you can make this a career and it's a six-figure position. Um, college officials, 
make comma checks. We, we call that comma checks at the division one level. So there is a lot of time investment in the beginning to learn, to get experience, but the, the return on that investment is, is such great um, because there is a shortage of, of officials and people are willing to invest in good officiating. And the last one is intensity and focus, the challenge, the challenge of the perfect match, the challenge of the perfect uh, strike zone for a game, the, the challenge of the perfect mechanics and signals and judgment in a basketball game. I'll always say, when I work the perfect game, I'm going to retire as a sports official. I usually don't make it out of the first quarter of a basketball game, first quarter of a football game, and second inning as an umpire. Um, but I have that focus, that intensity every single game, because I just have that challenge bug um, in me to compete. All right, the hardest part of officiating is getting to your first game, actually doing the steps and getting there. Step number one, contact an assigner, organization, or school in your area. Whether you're in Vermont, USA, Oregon, USA, Nebraska, USA, Florida, New Mexico, California, every area will have a school athletic director, some type of sports official organization, or an assigner. Google search. Just the city name, sports officiating, or umpire, basketball official. You will find a local organization to get information. Purchase uniform and equipment. We use purchaseofficials.com. There are so many online stores. Again, search baseball umpire uniform, softball umpire equipment, basketball official uniform. But if you look the part, people will treat you the part. It's very important on your very first game to look the part, fake it until you make it. And looking the part in uniform is very important to do. Third thing is education. Hands on a rule book, read the rule book, online ump app, online ref reps. There's again, good YouTube channels out there of sports, just like our timeout with PSOA YouTube. Continue to educate yourself on the rules, on the mechanics. Are you going to know every single rule, every single mechanic on your first game? No. Does everybody expect you to? Yes. <laughs> but that's not reality. As long as you continue to learn, you're going to get better time and time and time again. The fourth thing, whoever's assigning you games, whether it's a specific school, a sports official association, and, and a single signer, give them your availability. When you give them your availability, they send you games, show up, and work the games. These are the really five easy steps to get going as a sports official. So, yeah, I highly encourage having a high school diploma. I strongly encourage going to some type of higher level education, trade school, community college, a four-year college. But to be a sports official, it's not a requirement. It's not necessary. You can become a sports official, contacting a signer, getting in a uniform, educating yourself on the rules, 
send availability, and work the games. Anywhere you go in the world, there are sports officials needed. Set goals in life, set goals in officiating. So what is the purpose of why you're officiating? You wanna know what? I wanna make $5,000 to go on a family vacation. I have the challenge of, I just played in the state championship, I wanna officiate in the state championship. I need to stay out of trouble. Because officials, we work when people have entertainment free time. Um, I, I have a lot of situations and stories of, if they weren't officiating, they'd be doing something not so good in their life. Constructive use of time is another purpose to officiate. Love of the game, friendship, exercise. I, I, I tell my the high school sports officials, put half of the money you make officiating away in a retirement fund right now. Yes, I know you're only 16 years old. You're only 18 years old. But that money that you put away for retirement now, because you don't need it now, you're going to be able to have a nice plan at the end of life. So again, you're setting goals and officiating to help you accomplish those goals in life. Ask yourself, all right, I like this. Where do I want to go with this officiating? Is it gonna be a hobby? Is it gonna be an avocation? Is it gonna be an occupation? Can this be my full-time job? The answer is yes. You want what? I just wanna travel. And I could go to Colorado, work this tournament, Texas, work this tournament, Florida, work that tournament. It's all paid for. Travel expenses will be paid for by game fees. Once I get to a site, hotel's taken care of, food is taken care of. So there's a lot of different things you could go with officiating. Ask yourself, where do you want to take it? And then what do I have to do to get to the place I want to go in officiating? And that's easy. The books you read and the people you hang out with. So if I want to work in the NFL, I have to get around myself NFL officials. If I want to be the best high school level official in football, I have to get with officials who've worked the state championship. Um, they will help teach me to get where they are. Um, and then the books, the mechanics manuals, the rule books, um, the case books, referee magazine. Who you hang out with and what you read is gonna give you direction of where you're going in life, same as officiating. Closing statements, so why say yes to officiating? It is serious fun. It's serious because when you walk out on that court, on that field, it's serious. People look at you, trust you, depend on you to know the rules to know how to manage the game, to keep everybody safe. And those parents are at rest and at ease when they see a good sports official. All right, my son and daughters is in your hands. That's how serious it is, but it's also fun. How you go about accomplishing the above, the positive relationships, the positive communication, the funny stories you have with coaches, players, and officials before, during, and after games. It is serious, but man, it is a lot of fun. Please don't wait to get started. You could start learning and advancing while you have time now. If you're 
listen to this podcast, you don't have a family and kids yet, most likely a lot of people will have family and kids. It's a hard time to start learning because you have so much time invested in your family. Start learning and in, in advancing before you have those commitments. And then you could go back, pull back a little bit on officiating when you're going through that life cycle. And when your kids get older, you're going to be looking to fill your time again. You don't have to start that learning process then. You're already at that level that you could commit more time to again. So don't wait. Um, get started now. And in new officials, young officials, start earning and saving today so you don't have to worry about finances later in life when it's very hard. Your body's not as able to do what you're able to do as, at a young age. Put half of it away. Thank you for taking time out with PSOA today. Listen to this podcast of why to say yes to officiating. For any more information on becoming a sports official, please reach out to my email, psoa at premiersportsofficials.com. You could call my cell phone number. You could text me. We have a website, premiersportsofficials.com. Click join PSOA. Even if you live in Wisconsin, we will get you connected with somebody in Wisconsin that we know. Um, if you're traveling to Omaha, you're a current official, and you're like, Sean, I'm in town for two weeks. Is there work for me to do? Contact us, and we are going to be able to help you get onto the field of court. Continue following our podcast um, with Hurt App Media. Continue going to our YouTube channel, Time Out with PSOA. Thank you for taking time out today with PSOA. And officials, please remember, you're only as good as your last call. A Herd at Sports Network production.